Shumalomadingdong. Such a good show. Yeah, it Such was a good show. It was fun, and she'd like ask me who who some people are, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's Pink." Here, look, listen. This is the song that she plays, and she's like, "Oh." Uh, I was I posted something the other day about how MTV had such good old shows. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Room Raiders. Oh my gosh, the parental were control. So cheesy. Next. Yeah. Oh man, so cheesy. Um. Also, welcome to our podcast. Oh yeah, what's up? How's and happy it going? Mother's Day, everyone! Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day, Bree! Happy Mother's Day, Amy! Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. Yes, happy, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Sorry, I don't know why I hesitated with that. Yeah, that was. Awkward. I was trying to figure out if I want to say mother or mom or madre oh. or or just you know. I thought you almost mommy. like looked like you're a little disappointed. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. No, nah, yeah. I love you. No, yeah, she's going to hear this in like two years from yeah. now. So, you know, happy Mother's Day, Mom. It's not Mother's Day where you're at because you're not listening on Mother's Day. Because you don't Day. listen to us. But I still day. love you because you still support me. So, yeah. And she is the best. She is awesome. She is. She's really awesome. Your mom's awesome, too. She's healing. Yes, she is. Yeah, my mom's doing way too much for me right now. I'm going to be right now Mother's Day probably cleaning my house and nice. probably be a little bit mad about it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i will be right behind you doing the same yeah, thing yeah you're yeah yeah like oh yay this is wonderful i will say that being a mom is my favorite job in the whole wide world it really so, is as cheesy as it sounds i it's the most mom. rewarding yeah i love my kids me too so thank you girls for making me a mom so, speaking of Mother's Day, describe the perfect Mother's Day for you. Um, getting up, having a mimosa. Okay. Uh, going out to to breakfast. Yeah. Like a late breakfast. Yes. Coming back home, the house is clean. Mm-hmm. Not having to do anything. Like the laundry's done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I do everything the day before. Yeah. Um. And my kids make me something. Oh, like I, and and maybe flowers, but I don't really. It's it's I like flowers. Okay, yeah, flowers. Yeah, Let's not do. lie. Yeah, we say we don't want flowers. We want flowers. We get want your flowers. get your mom and get your wives flowers, guys, because that's what they actually want. They a thousand percent. And Even they don't if want they a plant. say, don't give like, me a plant. I, I don't want that because it's just gonna die. It's just a waste of money. No, we're lying. We yeah. want them. We want them. Beautiful, pretty live it's things fun to make us at. smile. Yeah. Yep. And if you get the nice ones, they last longer. So, yes. yep. Yep, 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 yep. What about you? Um, very similar. But I want to sleep in to like I don't want to sleep in too much where I feel like the day was wasted. So like I want to get up at like nine. That's actually kind of yeah, early. That's a good time. But and then like just peace and quiet. I want a cup of coffee that's hot but not too hot, where I can't drink it. And I want to go out for brunch. And I don't want to, like, feel too full where you're miserable afterwards. Sorry, I thought about this. Yeah. And then um, I want to go do, like, an activity. Yeah. 
go do something. Go like to a museum yeah. or something cool like that. But like with your family, yeah, with your kid, yeah, with, yeah. with my family. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna go myself. somewhere by myself. <laughs> yeah. Also, that would be nice though too. <laughs> and then come home to a completely clean house. Laundry is like all the laundry is done and folded and put away. And you hear this, Rick? <laughs> he doesn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> and then like just hang out and do like gaming with my fam bam or something yeah. or a movie. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. I think that's what every mom wants. Yeah. They don't I mean, wanna, a lot they don't of us... want to have to do the things that they have to do every day. Every day. I don't want to also, they make... want to feel appreciated for yes. those things. Yeah. And they, we want to spend time with our kids. We want to, but, but we also want alone time. Yeah. Also, if the kids start screaming and crying. Take over. Yeah. Take step in. over. Just be like, no, 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 no. We're not. We're going to go take a walk, kids. Let's give mom Let's some time. Let's go for a walk. Let's give mom some time to get in her makeup and do her routine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> the older I get, by the way, I've learned that I enjoy that morning routine more of yeah. like putting my makeup on and like putting my skin stuff on. I feel like such a, a lame person for saying that, but like I just enjoy it more, <laughs> like taking my time to actually get ready. That makes sense. I don't like doing that on the weekends. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like a person that I'm usually like a person that like rushes to get ready and like takes like five minutes to get ready. But like lately, I like to take my time. Take your time. It's just more relaxing. And I'll listen to like my Harry Potter book. Sorry. Embarrassing. (laughs) I listen to a I listen to a podcast or I'll sit there and watch TikTok. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my neighborhood story. Okay. I got this from Reddit. When I was little, I lived in a retirement community. There was an old lady and an old man that were dating, but they were the most dramatic couple ever. They would get into fistfights and try and flirt with others to make each other jealous. Oh, my gosh. So They were older couple? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that's very healthy. Probably not. But you know, but it's, also if it's uh, like fun, you it's, know, it's it's um, I bet it's fun for people to watch. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like ten bucks on the wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were they weren't even a couple. They were just dating. Oh, they weren't married. Oh, okay. Yeah, wilding up in the retirement community. Yeah, there's totally totally healthy to get into fist fights. It keeps you active. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. also like ready to go in case somebody comes at you. At the age of eighty, you you need yeah. to be careful of that. People it's gangs, very, yeah, gonna steal your dentures. The, yeah, your pudding, Jello. Yeah, mm. the fifty plus gang. Yeah, have you heard of it? No, it's bad. Yeah, well, oh, now I've heard about it. Everyone that's over fifty, careful because yeah. they'll get you in that uh, shuffleboard game too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. heard they play some crazy bets on that. Oh, and you know, instead of using normal weapons, they use canes. <laughs> have you seen that? Awful. <laughs> And sometimes when they get really extreme, they carve the end of their canes. Oh, snap. Like a shiv. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine those canes that, like, come apart and it's, like, an, inside of it's a sword? It's contraband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God bless people who work in nursing homes, man. That, and yeah. who, people who are in nursing homes. It yep. takes a lot of patience. It sure does. <laughs> and a lot of heart. Yep. Do you want to hear a story? I want to hear a spooky story. All right. I'm taking you to a whole new place today that I've never world. been. A whole new world. Actually, nope, not oh. there. Uh, it is in China. Oh, snap. That's in um, not 
Are you doing yours in China? All no right, way. let's get down to business to defeat the Hans. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to be telling you about the Beijing Forbidden City. No and way. Forgive me if I mispronounce things. Um, I don't think I'm going to mispronounce too many things because they were all pretty. There wasn't a lot. Anyway. Okay. Okay, so the Forbidden City in Beijing, China, is located in the heart of China's capital, Beijing. No way. What? No way. Did not know that. Uh, it's known for its deep red walls and golden roofs seen in many movies, like The Karate Kid. And, and Mulan. And I think Mulan, yeah. Um, also, the new Karate Kid with... Uh, I haven't seen it. ...with yeah. Will Smith's baby. Uh, it was built between 1402 and... I believe was finished bill in like 1420. So it took quite a few years to finish it. Yeah. They were busy working on the great wall. It's it. <laughs> they had to separate their time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it covers about 57 acres, which is also probably why it took so long to build. Jeez. It's composed of over 90 buildings and 9,000 rooms being the largest palace in the world. Whoa. Yeah. It's crazy. And Can you around, imagine doing hide and seek in there? Oh yeah, ultimate hide and seek. That would you'd have to have like teams of like a thousand, probably. It had to be like a manhunt. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, me uh, too. Around one million people helped build this palace. It is surrounded. One million? Yeah. Dang, that's a lot of a lot of work. Uh, it's surrounded by water and a moat, of course. And as of 2018, the market value was estimated at about $70 billion. Jeez. Uh, the Forbidden City was the political and ritual center of China for over 500 years, home of 24 emperors and empresses. Uh, some of them were even fake ones. They would just like come into town and be like, hey, I'm an emperor. I'm going to go to work. <laughs> like, okay, cool. And it was just like a free vacation. <laughs> yeah, they would just like hang act like there. they were the ruler. <laughs> <laughs> but they would hang out there and their families and servants. And so the the rulers were pretty sick, okay. not in a good way. Um, when it was opened, the builder Ming Emperor Yongle in 1421 ordered his men to kill nearly 3,000 people. Oh my, why? Uh there was a whole thing on it. It was like a political thing, and oh. I didn't want to get too much into it. Yeah. Um, and that night, it's described that the floor was flooded with blood. <gasps> Even children, girls oh. as young as 12 and 13, were Babies. brutally ripped apart. Oh, my God. And some people were hacked into pieces. Right. The last occupant, Hu Yi, was evidently mischievous as a child and sadistic as an adult, brutalizing servants, tormenting his empress and consorts, and issuing empty decrees in his kingdom. So, like, making people do shit for, like, no reason or whatever, or just, like, stupid shit. That's pretty pooey. Yeah. <laughs> pooey. Poo. <laughs> his wet nurse recalled him making his servants eat dirt and pile pies filled with iron fillings. Are you sure they weren't pooey pies? <laughs> They evidently they were. That's so sad. That. The predecessor of Puyi, Empress Dauger, or uh, Empress Dauger Sixy, that's kind of, would often take out her enemies, including her royal consorts, by tossing them into the watery depths. This lady gave death sentences left and right, too. Uh, and this gave her the name of the Dragon Lady. Oh, my. 
in the royal dining hall, the royals had servants taste their food before they would eat it sure. to check for poisons. And this was mostly successful. Uh, but in 2008, they found remains of Emperor uh, Guanguks. Uh, and they were found there, and they believed that they were poisoned to death because they found, like, arsenic. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's just a touch of the palace's brutal history, by the way, all that's this stuff. insane. Uh, stories of homicide, regici- regicide, fracticide, infanticide, and all the sides all were the all sides. over the place. All of them. <laughs> all in this place. All the sides were here. <laughs> There's a main course and then all the sides. All the sides. All the fixins. <laughs> all the fixins. <laughs> Murder with all the fixins. <laughs> That's messed up. And even in 1424, a fire burned down over 250 buildings, taking many individuals with it. And um, That's a really, sorry. <laughs> it's a really good Thanksgiving shirt. <laughs> Yes. Murder with all the fixings. All the fixings. (laughs) Okay, keep going. But as of now, the palace is no longer home to rulers and and is a museum. Okay. Oh, I'd love to go there. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty big. I love Chinese ancient history. Oh, that makes sense because you love Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. And your husband. Well. He loves Chinese food. Yeah, I didn't marry him for that, though. I learned that after we got married. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize how, like... Much. His palate... How obsessed he yeah. was with his food. But, I mean, he's got to get taste some food. Yeah, he does. Okay, so obviously there's paranormal here. Uh, Chinese folklore or Chinese beliefs in, like, ghosts and stuff yes, like that they is do. very fascinating. They're fascinating. what What are you calling them ancestors ancestors yeah yeah they have a lot of really fascinating um beliefs and whatnot and tales um so according to their folklore ghosts are taken very seriously in chinese culture and should have been told to avoid them at all costs confucius said respect the ghosts and gods but keep away from them So to protect against spirits, the Chinese have guardians on every doorstep to keep evil spirits out called gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And they also have high steps that you have to carefully step over in a lot of places. And in the palace, they have a ton of these. And it's because they believe that ghosts can't jump. That's adorable. It is. It is. It's um, that one cracked me up. But I mean, probably can't jump, but they probably can float. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Let me just go through the wall. <laughs> it's really cute, though. That's okay. I guess I'll just stay in here from now on. <laughs> oh, man. Dang it, they built a step here. There's a step here. Shit. <laughs> I don't know how to go over it. I'll just go through the wall. I'll just go through the <laughs> Through the window, through the wall. <laughs> Obviously, um, orbs and mists have been captured in photos here. Uh, cold spots, uh, even cold breezes in and out of the buildings have been felt. Okay. Visitors sometimes get the feeling of being uh, watched yeah. or just the feeling of sadness and great loss, which yeah. that's really sad. Um, some feel something touching their arms. Some people have reported voices, whispers, footsteps, and clashing of swords. Oh. It's just like, like, oh, shit, they're coming for me. It's with those. uh, It's just a ghost. The cane. 
Shanks. It's, it's it's the it's the old folks home. It's the old folks home. <laughs> uh, the samurai samurai grandpas. The samurai. <laughs> the fifty plus samurais. <laughs> Um, ghost dogs have been seen running in the narrow corridors of the city sometimes and sometimes have even charged at people and pounced at them no no (laughs) some have claimed to see piles of phantom bodies on the floor and pools of blood oh my gosh apparitions dressed in different traditional clothing have been seen sometimes headless and when it's dark, people have reported flute music coming from inside the walls because they like close it like right at five o'clock and like people can hear from the outside. Whoa, I really like that flute music. That's I know. Cool. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I can't think of a fancy flute player. Oh, uh, it's just Lizzo. Um, uh, duh, Ron Burgundy. Oh, I don't from know. Anchorman. Oh, <sighs> I said flute. Lizzo because she's I like, play, I think it's the flute. Yeah. He's like yeah. really big into it. Lizzo's really good at it. Oh, she's like, oh, wait, she, I've seen that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She did on like a talk show or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe, she brought know. it to the Met Gala this year. Yeah. Um, you're fine. Doors often open and close on their own. People have claimed to see a woman dressed in white walking on the grounds crying and then vanishing. Oh. Some people who have seen have also seen her have said that she shrieked and chased them off. Okay. In 1995, a guard at the Forbidden City was watching TV in the guards room. You know what guards do when mm-hmm. they're like there for no reason for like six hours. Yeah. Um, and two colleagues of his bursted into the room looking scared. They claimed they had seen a woman dressed in all black walking away from them. And when they chased her, telling her to stop, they cornered her. And when she turned around, she had no face. Ew. When returning to the location, she was... Uh, nowhere to be found okay i also found somewhere that the lady in black has been seen running from soldiers so this is different from the lady in white yes two different two Ah, different ladies soldiers lady in black lady in white we got all ladies we got all the ladies (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's all i got for that Uh, i have like two yelp i'm scared reviews that didn't come from yelp but that's what i'm that's what they're called yes the first one is from a, I'm just going to say Lorraine in 2022. She said, I was there in 2008 during the Olympic games, visiting my husband while working in Beijing. We visited the palace in August. We were around, it was around 10 AM. I was wandering around the terraces and taking photos. Someone gave me a big hug from the back and was surprised that he or she puts hands inside my shorts pockets. Oh, that's weird. So I turned quickly and there was no one close by. My husband was a few meters in front of me and no tourists to be seen. I felt the hug so much and I told my husband that someone had just hugged me. He quickly understood what I meant and told me, don't start. He hates these topics. He's like, (laughs) no, it's not haunted. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, what was strange is my husband never puts his hands in my clothing pockets as he is very tall and I'm only five foot one. So he hugged. So who hugged me must have also not been too tall for me. The palace is haunted. I was also pregnant at the time and I didn't know it yet. Yeah. And I saw someone else's comment and they were like, oh, because they commented yeah. on it and they're like, maybe it was like. Them like congratulating you oh, or knowing, but why do we? Why do we got to put our hands yeah, in our pockets? Why, why do we have to touch? Why do? Why can't we just say, "Hey, congrats, congrats, you're pregnant"? 
Or what if they... It's a boy. You know what would be weird is if they hugged from behind. And grabbed and her like belly. grabbed her belly. Yep. Oh, that, that, would be that would be so weird. All, the, all of it is weird regardless. Yeah. I don't want a ghost to do that. And you guys just don't do that. Okay. Just, just don't. Just don't do that. Just do that. Okay. Please don't. Cool. Uh, just write, really a cool. <laughs> write a letter. Write a letter. The next one is from a Trevor in 2018, and they said, I've been to the Forbidden City, but unfortunately did not see any ghosts. Super unfortunate. However, during my visit there, I felt cold breezes rush past me. And it says, but then again, I visited during a late autumn morning, so it may have been the weather. But a couple of people were saying there were breezes in and out of the building. So. Yeah. That's something that's been known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got for the yep. I'm scared reviews. I love those. As of today, the Forbidden City is the most visited museum in the world. <gasps> the website says no more than 80,000 tickets are issued daily. And from all the reviews I've read, if you plan to go, bring your walking shoes and make sure you make an entire day of it because this place is freaking huge. Whoa. Oh, and watch your step because everybody complains about <laughs> the tall steps and like bringing toddlers and stuff like that. And also beware with bringing little kids to this because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot for little kids. Yeah. But yeah, that is the Forbidden City in Beijing, China. Oh, I want to go. I know. It sounded really neat. I want to. I want to. Do... I love the culture. Yeah, the, me too. The there, it's just fascinating. Yeah, I want to do the marathon on the Great Wall of China. That's like on my bucket There's list. A marathon on that. Yeah. Oh my. Every gosh. year. And then you, I want to just visit China. I don't like. I don't care about that. going. Rick wants to go to like Korea and all those other places. I want to go to China. Just China. That's it. Um, so I'm going to tell you, in honor of Mother's Day, I'm going to tell you a story uh, about something awful. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, Listen up, moms. And this one actually is pretty recent, and I remember it all coming out when it happened. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so this is the story of Jennifer and Sarah Hart. Jennifer Jennifer Hart and Sarah Gal- Gangler met while they were both attending Northwestern University. Both were majoring in elementary education. Uh, Jennifer had grown up in Huron, South Dakota, and Sarah was from the big from Big Stone City, South Dakota, right on the border of Minnesota. Were um, they friends? They met while they were in high school. Oh, okay, okay. Or in uh, college. So they became friends? They're just two individuals you're talking about. Cool. They became friends. Okay. And more. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, When Sarah graduated in 2002, Jennifer also quit school. They claimed to have lost friends when they came out of the closet as a lesbian couple. Oh, there's the in more part. Yes. There we go. Uh, So when they moved, so they moved to Alexandria, Minnesota, and they both began working for the same real, 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 Re- <laughs> what can I say? Retailer. <laughs> I'm sorry. You looked like you had some kind of like tick or something. <laughs> real, real, real. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh-huh. oh. I kept wanting to say realtor. <laughs> I, I, I was expecting you to say realtor. <laughs> 
Retail. <laughs> so they both begin working at, for the same real. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've said it so much this week. <laughs> Retailer. So they bought a house and Sarah changed her last name to Hart. So oh, okay. that because I'm sure back then it was still not legal. I don't know. So this. This is at the same time that Jennifer, at the same time, Jennifer had completely cut her father out of her life. Her parents had divorced when she was 12 years old, visiting her father on the weekends, living with her mom, that sort of thing. But he agreed to let her move in with him when she was 14, but she started getting into trouble in the same time and like in the time between school getting out and when he got home. Okay. So she was getting into mischief. So um, he sent her back to live with her mom. Jennifer may have still resented her father for that. So, um, and he said in an interview that he had, a, they both had a disagreement with each other in 2001, but that wasn't about her dating a woman. Okay. But he claims he had never known about the relation, their relationship at the time. But so the, the woman, they moved in together. They both got the same, the job at the same place. And, at the same time, she had just cut off her dog, dad. That's not really relevant to the story, but just kind of gives you maybe a backstory okay. of, of Jennifer. In 2004, the two started fostering a 14-year-old girl. Her name was Lee. In, 2008, in a 2018 interview with the Seattle Times, the girl recalls being placed with Sarah and Jennifer in the summer before her junior year of high school. She says that the first six months went really well. They kept busy with activities that Lee had never really done before, like going to music parks, amusement parks, camping, you know, going out for ice cream, things that she never really had before. Um, Lee says that she was enjoying living with the couple in their two-story home with their dog and a number of cats. Um, so the hearts had asked her if she wanted to stay with them until she was 18 years old. And she said, yes. At the same time, Sarah and Jennifer began preparing to adopt a group of children, um, who were all siblings. Lee recalls that she talked to when they talked to her about being like this big sister. And she was so excited. She's like, yeah, I've never had like a family like that. Like, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, and it's family. Yeah, and the hearts and siblings. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. The hearts traveled to Texas to meet the first set of the three children that they were going to adopt. When they returned, they showed pictures of, of the children to Lee because um, they hadn't fully adopted them yet. And she recalls them all being really excited for this, this new change in their lives. Um, and unfortunately, one week before the adopted children were scheduled to arrive at their house the hearts dropped lee off at a, a therapy appointment and never returned okay that doesn't what yeah that's messed up yeah so the therapist just leave your kid at the therapist of all places i know <laughs> like the grocery store and one thing but like come on <laughs> yeah uh, the therapist had informed her that she was going to a different foster home so the therapist knew about it <gasps> 
The new family picked her up from the therapy appointment, and when they brought her to the home, all of her belongings were already there. Oh, so they were planning it. Yeah. And why would you tell her that? That's so messed up. So cowardly. Yeah. Um... There were reports that Sarah and Jennifer made claims that Lee ate out of the garbage, which, okay, um, but Lee denied that ever happening in her interview with the Seattle Times. Uh, that's where she denied it. She also reported that the women claimed that Lee was suicidal and they didn't want that negative energy around their adopted children. So you're just going to dump her you know she's suicidal so we're just gonna yeah exactly dump her and not tell her about it yeah and make her more suicidal probably yeah 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 okay that's that's smart that works yeah so sarah and jennifer hart were planning to adopt six children total two sets and three siblings yeah some people might ask why adoption uh some people would you know maybe ask an adoption agency why they would allow so many children to be adopted at the same time. Yeah. Um, and the truth is that no one did question the adoption agency. That's so ridiculous, especially um, since they just like dumped the last one. Yep. Uh, the The adoption records are sealed, but that adoption agency actually has a history of violations and was found to not have properly conducted home studies for pending adoptions. Oh, my gosh. So... Maybe that was a bad idea. Um, that's probably what they won't want them though. Um, the adoption of the adoption of eight-year-old Marcus, four-year-old Hannah, and two-year-old Abigail was finalized in November of 2006. Sarah continued to work as the manager of the department store Herburgers. <laughs> Not his Herburgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was going to do that. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, well, Jennifer stayed at home with the kids. Friends and relatives. Sorry, whose burgers? Her burgers. <laughs> uh, friends and relatives of the couple said that when they visited, the children never spoke. One relative said that Jennifer is extremely strict. And she said if the kids were did anything she thought was wrong, she would snap her fingers and say, get in the corner. No food for you. <gasps> Jeez. Yeah. So the same relative said anyone who questioned her parenting would be cut off. She said Jen would, wouldn't have anything to do with you if you disagreed with her, which sounds miserable. Uh, the next three children, five-year-old Devante, four-year-old Jeremiah, and three-year-old Sierra were adopted in June of 2008. So that was only two years later. Oh, my gosh. Was that two years later? I'm trying to remember when you said the first one was. Yeah, I think it's on this side. Yeah, uh, a year and a half later, actually. Okay. okay. So uh, it was only one small mistake that changed the course of those those three children's lives. Um, the biological parents of the set of siblings, Sherry Davis and Sherry Davis and Clarence Celestine, Celestine, lost custody of their children due to drug use and neglect. Um, Priscilla, uh, Clarence's sister, uh, the children's aunt, uh, biological aunt, she said, or she had petitioned to gain custody of all three of the children in 2007. 
and everything was great. It, she was an excellent candidate. You know, her she was becoming the children's new guardian. She was, a, you know, she was a family member, which is a plus. Right. She had a good job. She moved into a bigger home for them, and she had no criminal record. So this was a perfect yeah placement for them. Um, the three children plus another sibling who actually didn't get adopted by the Hearts lived with the aunt for about six months with no issues. But then Priscilla's employee call, employer called her and asked her to work an extra shift. And she agreed because she needed to make money and had Sherry, the bio mom, come over and watch the kids. Oh, crap. And it just so happened that a social worker made a surprise visit at that same time and found the children in the care of their biological mother. So they immediately moved the children from the home, removed them from the home. And Priscilla and her lawyer fought to retain custody of the children, but it was no use. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah. The state quickly found the three children a new adoptive family. That other siblings were that that other sibling that wasn't adopted by the hearts was placed in a psychiatric facility. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. I don't have any information about her, but um, in 2008, a te- so now we're back to the hearts. Okay. So they have six adoptive kids now. Right. In 2008, a teacher questioned Hannah, one of the daughters, uh, about bruises she had on her left arm. Hannah told the teacher that she had been hit with a belt by jennifer and claimed that this has been going on for months oh my gosh when jennifer was questioned about it she denied it and immediately all of the children were were withdrawn from the school for the remainder of the year so red flag you know yeah um no no charges were ever filed about that and no visits were ever given no because they're already adopted oh my god so you don't have to like follow up I would think that they do, but I don't know. I feel like they should. Sorry. It's this is also that adoption agency. Yeah. So maybe and I mean I would think ago. that like a social worker would uh follow up, but maybe the social worker works within the adoption agency, so I don't yeah. know. In two thousand nine, Sarah, Jennifer, and all the children moved to Connecticut, where the couple officially married in March of two thousand uh March of two thousand nine. So the Hearts sent an email to family members announcing that they were planning to extend the family even further. Six more kids. Or they already have six kids. It turned out that Sarah was attempting to get pregnant. In the email, Jennifer wrote, after 10 years of talking about this, we have decided on a donor. This month will be the first time she uh, first time she will have done the actual procedure. It's kind of nerve wracking. So that was in the email. Okay. In July, Jennifer sent another email claiming that the baby didn't make it. Well, that's sad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, we all know how much in vitro is, right? Mm-hmm. It's very Thousands. expensive. So you would question how could a young couple raise six kids and pay for in vitro in vitro on a single salary? Because remember, Jennifer's not working. Well, don't you get money for... Adopting children? Yeah. Not always. Okay. Once they're adopted, that's it. But it depends. So it turns out they were, they were receiving between $400 and $500 a month per adoptive child plus social security benefits. So I'm, I'm wondering if all those kids were on the spectrum or something like that. Yeah, I was about to say, if they're like disabled, I know like that. You do get money. yeah. Yeah. But, um, it was, I, I don't have any information about that. Right. 
Um, some believe that it was their that was their motivation for adopting these kids. Um, in 2010, Abigail told a teacher that she had bruises on her back and stomach, and she said that Sarah and Jennifer, her moms, had found a penny in her possession and believed that she had stolen it. <gasps> a freaking penny! You can find those on the side of the road. Yeah, they held her head under cold water while hitting her. <gasps> oh no, baby! Yeah. It's not awful for a freaking penny. A freaking penny. For anything. That's awful. Yeah. You're mm, okay. So when authorities interviewed the other children, they all said that they had been spanked, grounded, and had food withheld from them, which I understand like grounding is not that bad, but I'm not. Right. Like I'm all for like, you know, not super gentle parenting. Like I try to like do gentle parenting at first. Normally doesn't work out. You know, like a pop. on the butt or like go to go to your room right or take something away yeah but i'm not gonna go shove my kid's head in the water or withhold food from them withhold freaking like i try you know how long i make them sit at the table to make them oh my gosh i know i never make them i mean i I pay for that freaking food they're gonna eat it (laughs) that's you're shitting on yourself right there but the thing is like i can understand like okay no you didn't do your chores you don't get dessert but not a meal and also, these kids are already coming from broken homes. Yeah. So, like, they're already messed up and they need, like, like it's kids from broken homes. They need I feel forgiveness. like they need gentle parenting. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. So, sorry. It's fine. I no, knew this, I'm just going to get mad. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to get mad. I know this <laughs> I, This story is definitely going to make you mad. It's yeah. ar- it already is. But so the claims were finally being taken seriously and Sarah ended up pleading guilty to assault. And she was given probation. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? She gets to have her kids still. Oh, that's so smart. And yet they took them away from the yeah. perfectly healthy aunt. Yeah. Who let oh. their actual mom watch them for just a couple hours. Which I when can people understand. Let, like, you know, I know, a 10 year old stay home by themselves and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Glad we're <laughs> continue. <laughs> So in 2001, Hannah told the school nurse that she hadn't eaten all day. And of course, Jennifer denied this claim. Shortly after that incident, all the children were taken out of public school again, and they began homeschooling because that's not a red flag. After Sarah's probation was up, the hearts moved the family to West Lynn, Oregon, a suburb of Portland. And they moved into a ranch house that had chickens and goats that the children would take care of, which that sounds like fun. Yeah. For them. Well, there's someone made an anonymous and an enemy and an anonymity report about the heart children looking malnourished. Authorities opened an investigation and interviewed the family and friends about how the children were treated. Sarah and Jennifer were described as harsh discipliners who forced the children to raise their hands before speaking and were not allowed to wish each other a happy birthday. What? Isn't that weird? That's terrible. Yeah. Don't you dare. Don't you do it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that birthday song. Do not sing it. Unless they were like uh, Jehovah Witness, which Maybe. they weren't. But Yeah. So one family member said that the children were poorly fed. A family member said that Jennifer's reactions were always overblown and her punishment seemed unnecessarily harsh. Interviews with the children didn't turn out well either, but eventually the police weren't able to conclude 
that they were guilty of any abuse during this time. So they case was closed. Uh, did you go and look at the kids, though? Did, did we... you go and talk to the kids? Yes. Yeah. They they did, but they were like, eh. we don't believe them. Yeah, let's they're, not. They're let's kids. not take they don't them know what seriously. They're talking about. Yeah. Jennifer always they make... all have the same story too. Yeah, like, sounds like they rehearsed this by yeah, themselves very yeah. well too. Yeah, the tears fake, fake crocodile tears. Yep, give me a break. <laughs> Jennifer always maintained a carefully updated Facebook page showing an active family. She had photos and videos of the family at music festivals and on the road trips, and um, so. Uh, I'm going to mention this later, but this boy is actually viral for two two things. This video that I'm about to explain. To, oh, this video that I'm about to explain to you. And then another thing that he's giving a police officer a hug. And his he has like a sign that says free hugs. And he's giving a police officer a hug during a riot. Oh, okay. I don't, I'm sure I'll send you the photo because I know you've seen it. It sounds, fam- it sounds familiar. Yeah. You know, you were probably a little bit younger when it was going viral. I had a lot of stuff going on that year. <laughs> yeah. 2008. Oh. Uh, so that's the one during the riot. But this one, uh, Jennifer shared a clip that you can um, find on the internet of J- Devante going up to a man singing at the Beloved Festival and Devante was like completely embracing this man that was singing at this Aww. concert. He goes up to him and gives this guy a hug. He completely embraces him. And the you could like clearly see that Devante is like sobbing. Aww. Like probably because he felt love for the first time yeah. from this person. Um the He's description starving. of the Huh? He's freaking starving. Yeah. The description of the video says, I would like to personally thank for capturing the video of my son Devante with Xavier or Xavier. I don't know. At beloved Xavier Xavier. I was shooting still photos. So I was hoping that a quality photo would arise at some point. This moment is forever etched in our hearts and most likely anyone who was there to witness this raw human love. He was wearing his free hug sign that he travels the country with. He hugged thousands of share. He's hugged thousands, sharing his love for all. There is a long story behind the emotion and why this moment was so special for Devante. Thank you for enabling anyone to live this moment again through your video. Yeah, long story behind it. Yeah, meaning he's never felt love. Yeah, he's never been loved. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it seems oh, I'm such a perfect person. Yeah, I was taking pictures, so I couldn't do it. So Stupid. it seems as though though Jennifer was using the children, especially Devante, to display their political opinions because they were very outspoken about their political opinions. Um, the you know some of them were like pro love and kindness and um. Ironically, yeah, I was about to say (laughs) (laughs) the children were not getting that. Um, On November 25th, 2014, the hearts attended a protest behind the being held in downtown Portland. And this is that photo that I sent you. The Missouri grand jury had chosen not to indict the police officer who shot and killed Michael Brown in in Ferguson. Okay. Um, Just months earlier, Devante had been holding a sign that read free hugs when 
the officer approached him and asked if he could have one. And a freelance photographer snapped the picture and it went viral. Okay. But there are rumors that say he was forced to give out free hugs, but there's no evidence that that is true. I'm sure his parents were like, you should give out free hugs. And it became his thing. You know, Um, there are many photos of Devante holding a free hug sign at various locations over the course of many years. A lot of political protests and stuff like that, that they were at. There's no way to know exactly if that was about him being forced to or not. In 2017, the family moved to Woodland, Washington on two acres of land, giving them more room between them and their neighbors. Um, I don't know if I'd want to bring my kids to a, a political protest. Yeah, I wouldn't. Just because of like how violent some of them can turn out to be mm-hmm. and how just thing you don't need. There's just unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Not that I'm judging anybody. If you do, that's fine. Go for it. In 2017, the family moved to Woodland, Washington on two acres of land, giving them more room between them and their neighbors. The closest neighbor was... I'm sure they'd love that room, so nobody be in their business. Yep. Um, The closest neighbors were Bruce and Dana Delcabd. The couple claimed that the family was never spotted outside, and they always had their blinds closed. I feel like that would be somewhat thing that someone would describe my family as. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're especially in the summertime. Place. Yeah. Um, August of 2017 at 1.30 a.m., Hannah jumped out of the second story window and ran to her neighbor's home. Dana and Bruce Same were... second story window. Yeah. Dana and Bruce were... Woken to the sound of someone knocking on their door, they answered the door, and Hannah told them that they they are racist and they abuse us. Oh. And um, the couple actually thought that Hannah was around six or seven, but she was actually 14 years old because of the how malnourished Jeez. she was. Jennifer ended up showing up while Hannah was talking to them, and she took Hannah back home. What ethnicity were they? They were all black. Okay. The whole okay. family. Because I, I saw the Jennifer and, was. Yeah. Jennifer and Sarah were white, but all the all of their kids were black. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Jennifer ended up showing up, like I said, and brought Hannah back home. The next day, the whole family showed up and Jennifer explained that the kids will sometimes act out because they were drug babies. Oh. <gasps> Hannah was forced to apologize to the couple, but Dana actually asked to speak with Hannah alone. But obviously, Jennifer's like, no, that's not happening. So, and it sucks because she can't say that because yeah. she's the mom. Yep. Um, Dana, the neighbor, her, had told her father about what happened. And he actually called and reported the incident to 911 a few days later. later. And I'm going to play that clip for you kids that I feel is being highly abused and I can't wait until month in uh, Woodland, Washington. What's the address? Okay, I'm going to give you the address of my daughter's house because it's right next door. Okay, and what's going on there? Well, they have four black children, which that part doesn't matter, and they're, they're new here in Texas, but the other night a little girl jumped out of the second story window on the roof and then down onto the ground and ran to my daughter, and this is like 2 in the morning, begging them to help her, to help her. When did that happen? 
about three, four nights ago. Okay. And my son-in-law doesn't want to get involved, but the more I sit on it, I, I just can't live with it. Somebody's got okay. to go there and check on it. And so how old was the little kid that did that, that ran to your daughter's house? About 12 years old, 13. And when they came looking for her, she was begging my daughter not to let them know she was there. And then eventually my son-in-law let them know. And then she had all four of the kids come back later and to say everything was okay and they were all standing at attention like they were just scared to death. And I think there's something very serious going on there. And they're here from Texas. The kids might even be kidnapped. Okay. And um, so did the girl ever say why she was scared? No, she uh, she was crying and, and and it was two in the morning and my daughter said the biggest problem was she's half awake. She couldn't believe what was going on. And okay. and and basically my son-in-law is like most people, they don't want to get involved. And so he's keeping my daughter out of it, but since she's told me about it, I just can't live with it. I'm very concerned for these kids. I just can't let this go any longer. Those kids, I think, is in very serious danger. That was it. Jeez, good for him for calling. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, like, I get the neighbors, like, not wanting, because it's, like, it's, like, a weird yeah. situation, because it's, like, what if they are just making it up or like, right. But also it's two o'clock in the morning and a kid jumped out of the second story exactly. window to come and tell you something like there probably is something wrong. Like exactly. even if you think that there might be or might not be like call anyway, you should always make a call. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. You better be, it'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. Good. F good for him. Yeah. So unfortunately nothing came out of that of report. Of course. And a few months later, Devante started showing up at the neighbor's house asking for food. Bruce would give him food and Devante would ask him not to tell his mothers. He eventually came back with a wish list of foods that he would like to have for him and his uh, siblings. Um, the list contained peanut butter, fruits, bagels, and curd meat, like jerky and stuff like that. He asked them to put it in a box and leave it by the section of the fence so that their moms wouldn't see it. He was asking the neighbors to do yeah. this for them? Yeah. Yep. So, so clearly. Yeah. After this happened about 10 times, Dana reported it to child services. Good. Um, that same afternoon, child services went out to the house. Even though child services saw the family pull into the driveway in their GMC, no one answered the door. So I guess they couldn't do anything about it. On March 24th, 2018. So the, wait, wait, wait. So they were all, they knew they were home. They saw someone was home, but since they didn't answer the door, nothing could be. Correct. Why didn't you just call the cops? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I know. So in March of 2004, or March 24th, 2018, the neighbors reported to the police that they had not seen the car in a while. And it turned out that the family was traveling down Highway 1 along the West Coast. So they were on a trip. And Jennifer stopped updating her social media, which was not like her because she was all about making her, you know. Making it look like they were perfect. Yep. 
that Saturday, March 24th, Sarah texted her work at 3 a.m. stating that she didn't feel good and wouldn't be at work. And then she didn't show up on the 24th or the 26th. So um, one of her coworkers called in for a welfare check. And there was another recording for 911 on that, but basically she was, you know, they're asking, you know, what's going on and she said you know my coworker, she's my friend also she randomly called in to work at 3 a.m saying she didn't feel good but then never showed up the next two days and this is unlike her she's always like punctual and and whatnot and right so um that's about that about the 911 call and then a tourist that was sightseeing along highway 911 Highway One <laughs> called 911. They reported seeing a GMC Yukon lying on its on the roof at the bottom of a hundred foot cliff. Oh my god. Both Jennifer and Sarah's bodies were inside of the vehicle. <gasps> the bodies of Marcus, Abigail, Jeremiah were thrown a few hundred yards from the wreckage and they were all dead. Oh my god. Two weeks later, Sierra's body was recovered from the beach north of the cliff. And a shoe with a foot inside washed up on the beach. And after a DNA test, DNA test, it was discovered to be Hannah's foot. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm just mad. I know. Um, Devante's body was never found. Ever. Oh. It still has not been found. The incident report showed that Sarah had parked about 70 yards away from the cliff. And then she accelerated her vehicle to about 20 miles an hour which you wouldn't think that that's very fast but it was only 70 yards that she was traveling and when you accelerate it's a lot faster than right than it seems i guess like and the force plus it's a cliff yeah um before the vehicle or so she accelerated the car to about 20 miles an hour before taking the vehicle and her family over the cliff um, the computer of the vehicle showed that she didn't hit the brakes at all or even swerve the vehicle. They can tell that? Yeah, that's what the computer in your car is for. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Kind of like a black box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, the toxicology report showed that Sarah was over the alcohol limit and the children had a high amount of Benadryl in their systems and <sighs> none of them were wearing seatbelts. So oh she drugged her God. family. And took them all over a cliff. Looking into the computer and phone devices, it was shown that Sarah searched Benadryl suicide. Can 500 milligrams of Benadryl kill a 120-pound human? And is death by drowning relatively painless? And how long does it take to die from hypothermia while drowning in a car? What? Oh, my gosh. So she was just checking all of her boxes off. Um... Authorities in Washington state searched their house. Uh, they did not notice a lack of personal. They did notice a lack of personal items for the children. The rooms that the room that all the children shared, they found library books and a few board games, but nothing personal to the children. One officer even said that it didn't even he, he, uh, he said that they wouldn't have known that children lived there if they did. No children lived there. Jeez. And they all shared a room? They all Six shared of a... them? Yep. Good God. And that is the awful, very sad story of the Hart family. Ah. Uh, 
happy Mother's Those Day. bitches. I know. It's crazy that Jennifer was the one that took the family yeah. over the cliff. Or not Jennifer, Sarah was the one that took the family over the cliff when Jennifer seemed to be the one that had the issue. Uh-huh. But I'm wondering if it's because Sarah was so depressed yeah. by what Jennifer what, was doing. Exactly, that's what I was thinking too. Like, oh my God, we can't get out of this. Everybody's reporting on us. Like, yeah. There's no turning back from this or... Freaking divorce her yeah. and take the children. Or turn yourselves in and yeah. be good people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hope that adoption agency is closed. I hope so too. Hopefully they didn't survive so COVID. So many, like, I feel like if kids are adopted and there's like re- police reports given or like calls from people, like anonymous calls or mm-hmm. tips or whatever given... I feel like that, like, immediately they should be like, okay, let's check and see. Are these their biological kids or are they adopted kids? Okay, they're adopted. So let's make sure we put this in a file with the adoption agency. Right. And, like, if we get over, like, two, then we should probably go out there and check on them. Yeah. And if they don't answer the door, bring police down in and kick it down and be like, hey, how you doing? You Just good? like that. Hey, hey, how how you doing? <laughs> are you good? <laughs> <laughs> anything anything going on you're good i'm not good do you want to go out and go get a big mac and talk about something <laughs> i don't know i feel oh. it's i am a huge advocate for social workers and everything like that but i know that they're short-staffed everywhere yeah and i'm not making an excuse for them because there's that one boy that gabriel Mart- martinez i think he's i watched a documentary on netflix about it and it was like constant reports 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 of like abuse non-stop Is that like the, was he six or something or yeah i and can't yeah, i can't watch that that it was awful it. and yeah. all of those social workers went to jail for it good because they all neglected that boy take it seriously yeah. like especially whenever like you hear that someone calls 911 because they're saying that a they girl jumped out of the window at two o'clock in the morning yeah Asking for food. Yeah. And then a second call is made from the house. And you're just like, oh, girl, let's just send some social workers out there. Oh, well, they're not answering the door. So they're probably fine. <laughs> or maybe they're all dead. I don't know. Well, not my problem. Yeah. If, if you would have just insisted on going in, they probably wouldn't be dead by now. Just so you know. Yeah. Social exactly. worker. Sorry. That's that. That makes me mad. I know. Those poor babies. Yep. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, but- Please love your babies, guys. <laughs> Hug, Hug them your tight. kids a little tighter tonight. Yes. And if you see something, say something. Yes. Don't just even if it's not even if they don't follow up on it, at least say something. Cause then one, you're not carrying that burden anymore. Yeah. Two, it goes even if it's not if every time you make a call to nine one one, it goes into a book. So I probably have like 20 n- things because I call 911 all the time. That's a lie. I don't. But every time you do, it goes into a thing. Okay. And so they'll be like, oh, I see you made a report here. They made a report here. Oh, it's all on the same house. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Maybe we should really look so into this. So why didn't they do that, though? That's what that's Because what my they were moving is. around. Okay. Because like, <sighs> yeah, at least three reports in one location. There's not... If it's followed up and they, they it gets put into an FBI da- database, basically. But if they're convicted on anything, but if they're not convicted on it, it's not right. going to be in. So 
the only one that would show up is that assault that she got probation for. But that was in a different state. They went to so many Connecticut, which makes sense to why they probably moved. And states don't share that information except for the FBI database. If you want that other information, you have to ask for the records for it. Jeez. (sighs) Sorry. (sighs) Fun times. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. You want to hear a funny neighborhood story? (laughs) All right. This one is from next door and it says, I left the front door open and my beloved Roomba escaped. Oh, no. It's a note that says, I left the front door open and my beloved Roomba escaped. He goes by the name Steve, but probably won't respond. Can't believe I'm posting this, but thought it was worth a try. We lost our Roomba two weeks ago. I don't know if he wandered off down the street looking for cleaner carpets or if someone might have snagged him. Why would anyone steal Roomba? It says, have <laughs> looked under all of our furniture and all of the obvious places. Thanks. Oh, Roomba. Steve. <laughs> Steve, come back. Come back. Steve. My floors are so dirty. <laughs> I need you, Steve. I don't know how they could do that. If it's a Roomba, it has a. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it can't like go over like doorways or thresholds, can it? No, it can't. But maybe if they have like a an apartment and it's a oh, small yeah, threshold. I know that they only have like that tag yeah, and you they like do like a sensor like you like you said like do, can't you like um a lot of a lot of them can't you like have an app on your phone of where, where they don't go path? in certain places yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> where's my Roomba I what I wonder if they found it <laughs> I've seen so many of those on Facebook I've and on TikTok <laughs> like I've seen one on TikTok that Roomba was just like going down the road and the guy's like where are you going bud <laughs> They need a camera on them. <laughs> yeah, they do. Anyways, we're going to get um, yes. happy Mother's Day to our mothers and all of our friends that are mothers. Yeah. You guys are for, wonderful. Thanks for being a mom. Also, um, be sure to check out our website, what's with the neighbors.com. It has everything on there, our merch, where to listen to us. Uh, go check out our YouTube. You can watch full episodes for free now. For free. And Patreon. And if you want to watch them early, you can watch them on Patreon. They're all on there. And you can also join our donor bus and help out the show. We also have Buy Me Coffee, where you can donate however much money you want. And we put it towards the show. And last but not least, don't forget about the Bow Real Bigfoot Expo, which is in June. Yeah. Uh, BowRealBigfootExpo.com. Yes. And also another little tidbit, if we do happen to just go silent for a week, bear with us. It's nothing, nothing's wrong with the podcast. We just have a lot going on in our personal lives yes. that we will eventually reveal. Yes. But, um. We're going Hollywood, man. Just We're kidding. going to Hollywood. <laughs> no, that's, no, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, someday I'm going to go out to Hollywood, Jerry. Uh, we don't have faces for that. No, we don't. But we've got the voices. We got the voices. <laughs> you have a great voice for rodeo. Radio. <laughs> and rodeo. And rodeo. <laughs> Get down <Yeah>. there, cowboy. <laughs> so uh, thank you, patience. Thank yeah. you for having patience with us. And we love you guys. And send us lots of love on Facebook and yes. all our social medias because we need it right now. Yes. Um. And have you checked on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bring Amy, Amy out. out. Say hi to your cats for us. Don't get dead. Meow.